in a series talking about this longing, this searching that we have in our lives for something more. And we're going through a book of the Bible called Ecclesiastes, which is a book in the Old Testament. And it's a book that really deals with frustrations and complaints and kind of wrestles and struggles that we have in life. I was talking to somebody this week that was saying, man, the the series is uh, in some ways kind of depressing because it says this doesn't work and this doesn't work and this doesn't work. And kind of the point of the book is to depress us in some ways into faith. It's to depress us and show us that the various frustrations and and complaints that we have about in life, they're not in our heads. They're real. There's a lot of stuff that's wrong with life, and yet there is something more that we can experience. And, And today what we're looking at is that as we search for something more, as we long for that, one of the places that we often look or hope that we'll experience that is in growing in wisdom or growing in understanding that we believe and hope and think that, man, maybe I'll be able to experience some more in life and I'll be able to find that fulfillment if I'm able to figure out kind of how life works. If I can figure out the way that life in all its various ways is supposed to function and work and whether that's relationships or it's success or happiness, if I can figure out how life works, if I can grow in wisdom and my understanding, then maybe I'll experience kind of that more feeling, that longing for more that I, that I have. And as we feel that way, as we hope and want to grow in wisdom and understanding, there's, there's a lot of information out there that we can access on how to figure life out. I was doing some research this week, and, and I don't know if you can see this, the color's a little off, but, but it says this, that every day we create, and don't try to read this because you'll be like, huh, blah, 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 um, but 2.5, and I didn't even know this was a number, 2.5 quintillion bytes of data. Every day we create that much data, which would fill 10 million Blu-ray discs. So if you think you have a good uh, Blu-ray collection, that's nothing. And the height of which stacked would measure the height of four Eiffel Towers on top of one another. And this is interesting, 90% of the world's data, so 90% of all the information that's out there, has been created in the last two years. Isn't that crazy? So we think, man, if I can grow in understanding, if I can grow in wisdom, if I can grow in figuring out how life works, then maybe I'll be able to experience some of that longing for something more that that I have. And so we go, man, what's the information out there? How can I grow in wisdom? How can I grow in understanding? And there's there's a lot that you have to learn. There's a lot of information out there. Some of you feel this, and it can be overwhelming, even if you're just looking for a place to eat. And it's like, what? I wonder what restaurant is good. And you start looking, and it's, wow, there's 10,000 places I could eat at. Or you want to go on vacation. You go, maybe I'll go camping in Colorado. Maybe there's a couple places that I could check out. And you research camping in Colorado, and there's, uh, I don't even know how many places there are. Um, if you can narrow it down by like a flushable toilet, that helps a little bit. But if you can't, then there's a lot of places. And not just how much data is in there, but here's also how much data we consume every day, uh, every minute, every minute. I know this is kind of crazy to even fathom, but every minute of the day, and you might not be able to see all these, but every minute of the day, there's 400 hours of YouTube users sharing video. There are 216,000 Facebook Messenger users sharing photos. Every minute, 216,000. How about this? That there's 3,567,000 text messages sent in the U.S. Every minute. And your friend still won't text you back. There is, uh, there's, you're like, come on, every minute. 
uh, you can send them this photo. Instagram users, you know, I won't go through all of these, but there's, there's 2. Point, you know, 2.4 million Instagram posts every minute. There's, I mean, all of this stuff. So there, there's all this data out in the world. There's all this data that we consume every single minute. And we, we desire to be, we hope to be wiser, to grow an understanding of how life works and, and how things work. And, and it's not for lack of information that we are still wanting that. We desire and hope to be able to grow in wisdom. And, and there's no shortage of information out there. But it's how do we put that together? How do we process that? How do we use that? How do, how do, we, how do we take that and be able to figure out how does life work? And T.S. Eliot, who I came across this quote this week, said this, Where is the wisdom we have lost in knowledge? Where is the knowledge we have lost in information? And we can feel that way, or we should feel that way, as there's so much information and so much data, and we want to be able to figure out how life works, and we want to grow in wisdom, and yet it can seem like, man, we've got all this knowledge, we've got all this information, but do I, do I know how life works? And, and if I can find something more in life by figuring out how life works, it's overwhelming with all the information. It's overwhelming with all the data that is out there. We want to be able to grow in wisdom. We want to be able to figure out how life works. Solomon, at the beginning of Ecclesiastes, uh, the chapter that we're looking at today, says this. He says, who is like the wise? And who knows the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom makes his face shine, and the hardness of his face is changed. See, this says that wisdom is important. That there's all this information, there's all this data, but the wise person is able to interpret things. He's able to figure out things. He's able to figure out how life works. And as we long to experience something more in life, oftentimes we do believe and we think wisdom will be the place that helps me with that. If I can grow in wisdom, if I can grow in understanding, if I can sort through all the data and all the information and really figure out how does life work? then maybe I'll be able to experience something more. And so this is what we're going to explore today, is this idea of wisdom and where it can be found and, and, and how it can fulfill us or the frustrations and struggles we have in pursuing it. And Solomon is going to, uh, is going to give us an example of wisdom. And so we'll start with this question that just disappeared. We'll start with this question. Why do we long for wisdom? And we, we touched on it a little bit, but Solomon's going to give us an example. He's going to give us an example of how wisdom helps us. That will really get at the heart of why we long for wisdom. He's going to give us an example of a situation of somebody that is kind of working for a king. Somebody that's in a situation where there's an authority above them that maybe is not necessarily the most just king. But how do we handle that? How do we deal that particular kind of situation? And we'll look at the principle that's underneath that, that helps us begin to explore wisdom with this question. Why do we long for wisdom? So, so here's what Solomon says. He says this. I say, and this is the next part of chapter 8, he says, I say, keep the king's command because of God's oath to him. Be not hasty to go from his presence. Do not take your stand in an evil cause, for he does whatever he pleases. For the word of the king is supreme, and who may say to him, what are you doing? Whoever keeps a command will know no evil thing, and the wise heart will know the proper time and the just way. So here's what Solomon is saying. He says, look, there's a, here's a complicated situation. 
you work for a king. And maybe the king is not so just, and, and maybe there's things that he does that aren't so great, but you, you work for a king. And, and how do you handle a situation when you work for a king? And he says, let me, let me break it down for you. He says, first, you obey him because of God's oath to him. And that may be God's oath to the king, or it may be God's oath to the person in service of the king. But he says, here's what you need to do. Here's how you need to understand this. You, you need to keep the king's commands, and, and don't go away from his presence hastily which is to say, think about honoring the king. And in his presence, if people were to just walk out, I mean, this is the same with us today. If someone just kind of turns their back on you and leaves, you're like, what the heck? I thought we were talking. Uh, but in a king's service, it's even more important to honor the person. So he says, obey the king and honor the king. But then he says this, don't take your stand in an evil cause. So if the king starts to do something that's wrong, don't stand with him in that. Don't actually participate in the evil that he does. So it gets complicated. You're working for someone in authority, and yes, you should obey them and honor them, but it also can get a little tricky. Don't take your stand with him in an evil cause, for he does whatever he pleases. For the word of the king is supreme, and who may say to him, what are you doing? Which is to say, hey, you might, uh, you might think that you're going to fight against the king, but also the king kind of is the boss and could kind of mess you up. And do you want that to happen? And then he says this, whoever keeps a command will know no evil thing, which is to say, look, most of the time that, that you decide to uh, not do evil against the king, it will go well for you. Now, you're probably like, okay, that's great. I'm not in that situation. If I ever work for the king, then great. I'll take this passage and memorize it and be able to, uh, and be able to apply this. But really, the key part is this, is he's opened with wisdom and is talking about wisdom, which is he uses this as an example but the key is this, the wise will know the proper time and the just way. The wise person, so he opens with saying, look, here's what wisdom does. It makes your face shine, and, it, and it's this thing that radiates out of you. And he gives us an example of working with a king, but, but this is the principle he wants us to understand. The wise, the, heart, the wise heart will know the proper time and the just way. So here's, here's the principle, and here's why we long for wisdom principle is this. Wisdom helps us navigate life's complexities. Life is complicated. Life is very complicated, but a wise person is able to discern, when do I do this and when do I do this? Life is complicated, whether that's a situation with a king that is an authority over you that might be just and might be unjust, but life is complicated and the wise heart knows when to do this and when to do this. When to speak and when to be silent. When to obey and when to stand against. When to, when to voice their opinion and when to keep their cool. And Solomon says, the principle is this, wisdom, and here's why we long for it, wisdom helps us navigate complexity in life. So much of life is like that. So much of life is complicated. It's not clear cut. It's not just facts. It's not just skills. It's not. See, here's the thing. We want to grow in our understanding of life, right? But when we feel that way, it's not just, man, I want to know how to do mathematics better, or I want to know how to play an instrument, or I want to know how. We might want those things, but those are skills. Those are things of, that you could put in the what category. There are things that are maybe even trivia. You like to learn things and know things and go bowling and be able to win, you know, at trivia in the, in the trivia section. 
Um, maybe you're like, what? Bowling doesn't have trivia? Yes, it does if you go to the right bowling alleys. And you don't have to be good at bowling if you know facts, if you know who the 10th president's wife was or whatever. <clears throat> but wisdom is so much more than that. Wisdom isn't facts and skills. and Wisdom is knowing when. Wisdom is knowing how do I take all the data? How do I take all the information? How do I sort through all that and know how to handle a complicated situation? Things that some of you maybe are wrestling with right now, which is, hey, should I switch jobs? Should I move from this career to this career? That's a when question. That's a wisdom question. That's how does life work? That's if I could figure out if this is the right timing, life would go well for me. Things about relationships and, and should I pursue a relationship with this person or this person? Maybe you have options, maybe you don't. Should I pursue a relationship, period? Right? Some of you are like, I wish I was deciding between two people. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, but wisdom is figuring out, do I go this way? Do I go this way? Maybe there's a friend right now and you say, do I talk to this person about the issue, the drama that we're having, or do I let it go? Maybe there's somebody that, that you're feeling that, should I, should I present this, this conflict and, and go over this with them, or is it something I need to wrestle with myself? That's wisdom. Should I quit this thing I'm involved in? Because quitting is a big thing, right? Should I quit this thing I'm involved in, or, or should I stick it out? changing careers, choosing, choosing majors, where you're going to live, who you're going to marry, who you're going to date. Those are wisdom questions that's different from just facts or trivia or skills. And, and we long for wisdom because life is complicated. Life is, is difficult. It's complicated. It's, it's not just simple things. And Solomon says, Here, you want wisdom. You need wisdom because the wise heart knows when to do something and when not to do something. And we long for wisdom because we feel this. We look at our life and we feel things that are lacking. We feel ways that we don't know how life works in various things. There's things that we want in life, whether that's more fulfillment in certain areas or more success in certain areas. There's things that we feel we're lacking. There's things that we want and we feel like, man, I don't know what to do about this. I don't know how to handle this. This is why a lot of times the different news articles and blogs that come up draw our attention and catch us. Things When they say things like this, this is Entrepreneur Magazine, but 14 things ridiculously successful people do every day. And see, that, that taps into something because we want to be successful. And success is complicated. Success isn't just, hey, do these five things and you're good. Success is complicated. And so if there's something that could help me be successful that other successful people do, I want to figure that out. Or, or things about happiness. Happiness, that's a, that's a complicated topic, right? But what will make me happy in life? That's not as simple as, hey, what are all the state capitals? That's not as simple as, as things about just, hey, I'm going to learn a specific trade or I'm going to learn how to put together Ikea furniture, which maybe that is wisdom, but something, maybe that's complicated too. But happiness is a topic that's complex. And so we go, man, I, I, I long for wisdom. I, I want to be able to figure out happiness. Or things like emotional intelligence. 
Uh, emotional intelligence has 12 elements. Which do you need to work on? I mean, to be a person that is emotionally secure, to be a person that emotionally knows how to navigate relationships, I, I want to be able to do that. That's wisdom. That's more complicated than just skills and trivia and knowledge and facts. Or uh, six things happy couples do differently. And I want my relationship to be happy. I want us to thrive. Is there some things that would help me grow in wisdom in that? Or parenting. Science says parents of successful kids have these 16 things in common. Which seems like a lot. But you're like, like, oh, just 16 things. That's it. Or health. Health is complicated. Eight things healthy people do every single day. Or if that doesn't seem good enough for you, six things extremely healthy people do every day. And you can keep adding them up. See, wisdom is complicated. We long for wisdom because life is complicated. We long for wisdom. We want understanding because life is complicated. Happiness and success and relationships and parenting. and Those things are complicated. And so we often feel, man, maybe I will be able to experience something more in life if I can grow in my understanding, if I can grow in wisdom, because life is complex. Life is complicated. So we want to be able to figure it out. We might use education to help us do this. We might use blog posts to help us do this. We may use the Bible to help us do this. We may just think that as time goes by, I'll just grow wise just because I get older and have more experiences. But we want to get to a place where we feel like we've arrived and, and we don't have to keep thinking about, okay, so how do I do relationships? How do I do happiness? How do I do success? We want to get to a place where we feel like, okay, I've got life figured out. Life is complicated, it is complex, but, but I've got it figured out now. I know how life works now. Because if I can figure it out, then I'll be better off. If I can figure it out, then I'll experience fulfillment. If I can figure it out, I'll, we also feel I'll be protected. If I can figure out relationships, my relationship will be safe. If I can figure out happiness, my joy will be protected. It will be safe. If I can figure out emotional intelligence, then my own well-being will be safe and so we long for wisdom because life is complicated, it's complex, and we know that if we can figure it out, we'll be safe, we'll be protected, we'll be fulfilled, and wisdom is great, Solomon says. He says it's amazing, it helps you, but, but will wisdom bring us the life that we long for? Will it actually give us the protection that we long for, the fulfillment that we long for, the safety and the control in life that we long for. And Solomon gives us some examples of how wisdom may actually start to fail us. And so I'll, I'll read this next section and then we'll go through and see what he is telling us about the failure, really, of wisdom. So he says this next, For there is a time and a way for everything, although man's trouble lies heavy on him, for he does not know what is to be. For who can tell him how it will be? Because really we don't have it figured out. No man has power, and he's going to give several examples of this. No man has power to retain the spirit or power over the day of death. You can't decide when you're going to die. You don't have control over when you're going to die. And he uses a soldier as an example. There's no discharge from war, nor will wickedness deliver those who are given to it. 
All this I observed while applying my heart to all that is done under the sun, when man had power over man to his hurt. Then I saw the wicked buried. They used to go in and out of the holy place and were praised in the city where they had done such things. It says there's these people that, that were actually wicked, but everyone thought they were great, and they went to church, and everyone thought they were awesome, but he says they were wicked. And this also is vanity, meaningless, because the sentence against an evil deed is not executed speedily. The heart of the children of man is fully set to do evil. Because people know they're not going to get punished, they go ahead and do stuff. Though a sinner does evil a hundred times and prolongs his life, yet I know that it will be well with those who fear God because they fear before him. He says, you know, most of the time, and he hopes for this, that people that do evil are punished. But then the very next sentence he says, but it will not, well, he says, but it will not be well for the wicked, neither will he prolong his days like a shadow because he does not fear before God. So that's his hope that wicked people get punished. There is a vanity that takes place on earth, though. So he says, that's what I hope happens. That's what a lot of times happens. Wicked people do stuff and get punished. But here's the vanity of everything we've been talking about. Here's the meaninglessness of life. Here's where life doesn't work the way it's supposed to. That there's righteous people to whom it happens according to the deeds of the wicked. And there's wicked people to whom it happens according to the deeds of the righteous. I said that this also is vanity. So Solomon begins and he says this, wisdom is beautiful, it makes your face shine and, and it helps you handle complex situations. When you're in situations that are not as simple as trivia and facts and, and even skills but require you to know when to do things and how to do things, he says wisdom helps you. Wisdom is great, but, but ultimately, ultimately wisdom fails us. Because even if we have wisdom, even if we have understanding, he says things are outside of our control. Things are outside of our control. Can you decide when you're going to die if you grow wise? No. Can a soldier decide when he's going to go to war and when he's going to stay home? No. That ultimately, no matter how wise you are, we don't know the future. We can't control the future. Which is often why we're anxious. We think about situations in the future and go, and maybe you do this, you play it out in your mind, you might even play out conversations in your mind, or you think about a situation, maybe it's a job interview, or a, or a person you need to confront, or, or a somebody that's going to, maybe even relationships, you're going to go on a first date, or a second date, or a third date with one of the seven people that you're trying to decide between, <laughs> and, you're, and you're, uh, you're thinking ahead, and you go, okay, if they'd say this, and if this happens, I'll do this. And that's thinking, if I've got the wisdom, if I've got the understanding, I can make it go well. I can control it so it goes well. But he says this, we don't know what's going to happen. And we can't control what's going to happen. See, wisdom is good. It's beautiful. But ultimately, ultimately, wisdom can't bring us the life we long for because we can't really control things, no matter how wise we are. We can't really control things. You might be able to control some stuff, but you could die. You might be able to control some stuff, but those in authority over you may change directions completely of what they're calling you to do as a soldier. And obviously the prime example he uses is injustice. He says, look, there's people that are living their life wisely. There's people that are living their life righteously. There's people that are saying, I'm going to do things the way they're supposed to be done. I'm going to do things the way they're supposed to be done. And, and for those of you that are Christians, you go, okay, I'm going I'm to read the Bible. I'm going to do what it says. I'm going to obey Jesus. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm, I'm going to do things the way they should be done. 
He says there's people that seek out to live righteous lives. And what happens to them is the stuff that should happen to wicked people. And then he says there's people that don't care how they live. They live wicked lives. They, they're, not, they're not thinking at all. They don't care how, they're not doing 16 successful things that parents do. They're not doing six things that happy couples should do. And their life is going really well. Because they're living like fools. And their life is going really well. He says, look, wisdom is great. It's beautiful. But really, if we're honest, things are outside of our control. We don't decide when we die. We don't decide when those in authority command us to do things. We, and, and even if you put all the things into practice, even if you put it all into practice, sometimes the wicked flourish and the righteous perish. I have a friend uh, who found out recently that, that he has a, a business partner who stole over the last few years $160,000 from him. And my friend is a good guy, and he's done things the right way, and he's loved this person well and served this person well and, and brought this person into his family and, and has done all the right things that a wise person would do and didn't work out. And you've had this happen in your life. You've loved people well. You've, you've pursued people well. You've, you've tried to be a good friend or you've, or you've tried to be a good spouse or you've, or you've tried to be a good whatever. And you've tried to say, I'm, I'm going to try to do the right things. I'm going to try to learn the right things and do the right things so that life goes well for me. And you did them. And it didn't work. You say, what happened? I, I, I'm doing the right, I'm learning the right stuff. I'm applying the right stuff and your kids don't turn out the way you want them to, and success doesn't happen the way you want it to, and you're still emotionally unstable, and, and you've tried all the right stuff. I was talking to a woman this uh, last week who, her teenage son, and she, she is, man, he's, he's experiencing suicidal stuff, and he's, he's done, I mean, he's going down a horrible track. And she, she's like, man, I've, everybody is telling me, well, have you tried this, and have you done this, and have you done this? And for a while, she was like, okay, I'll do it. I'll do that, and they were in therapy, and individual therapy, and couples therapy, and family therapy, and I'll do this thing, and I'll do that thing, and I'll take him to a treatment center, and I'll read this book, and I'll read, and I'll do it all. I've tried it all, and it's still not working. See, wisdom is beautiful, and it can make your face shine. It can make it glow because of, because of the power that it has, and it can help you navigate complicated situations. And life is complex, so we long for wisdom. But, but will it ultimately bring us the life that we long for? Will it allow us to be safe and protected and fulfilled? Maybe sometimes. But we also have to be honest and say, you know what? Man, there's a lot of times I've tried to learn the right things and do the right things, and it still didn't work the way it was supposed to. We can just look at the world and see, man, we've advanced so far technologically. I mean, there, there's no lack of progress. We've, we've gone from, from, you know, I don't even know. We've gone from horses to, to hybrids, right? We've gone from writing with our hands, which is horrible, right? It gives you cramps. We've gone from that to being able to text emojis that express ourselves, you know? We have advanced so far <laughs> to poop emojis, right? We've gone so far in our technology. I mean, we've got skyscrapers and we've got you know, fuel-efficient things, and we've got, I mean, we, we have advanced so far technologically. 
so much information, and yet aren't the basic human problems that have existed forever still present? Loneliness, selfishness, bitterness, impatience. I mean, it's still there. He says, look, we, you can grow in wisdom. You can grow in understanding. You can grow in knowledge. You can grow in all this stuff. But will it ultimately give us the life we long for? The answer is no. We have to admit it's helpful. It can help us. He's not saying be stupid. It can help us. But ultimately, we can't trust it. We can't count on it. We can't. We can't bank on the fact that if I am wise and if I apply all the right principles, life will go well for me. We can't bank on it. And if we do, here's what will happen. We'll think, I just need a little bit more. 16 things successful parents do, maybe I need 17 because it didn't work. Six things happy couples do, maybe I need eight things happy couples do. Maybe I just, maybe I just need a little bit more wisdom. Just if I can figure this out just a little bit more, whether that's through education or through conversation or even through the Bible, just think I need a little bit more. Oftentimes, and maybe this is true for you, oftentimes this is actually what keeps people from faith. They look around at the world and and maybe, you know, if you're here and you're not a Christian and maybe this is one of your issues, you look around at the world and you go, man, things don't, seem to work the way they're supposed to work. I don't understand. I don't understand why God would allow this, or I don't understand why God would let this happen, or I don't understand why this happened to me, or I don't understand why, why I have done these things, and, and the outcome isn't what I thought it would be. I don't understand why I, I did obey you, God, and, and I don't understand when I was a kid this happened, and I don't understand when, and oftentimes we look at life, and this may be true if you're a Christian, or it may be true if you're not sure what you believe, that you, that you look at life and and because we don't understand, it actually makes us go, you know, maybe forget it. Maybe, maybe, it, maybe the world doesn't work the way that God says it works. But what Solomon is trying to help us with here is this. Wisdom is good, but it won't ultimately protect you. It won't ultimately provide for you. It won't ultimately fulfill you. It won't ultimately satisfy you. The world is broken. Things don't work the way that they're supposed to work. So I don't know why people think this is depressing. Have a good day. We're done here. Uh, <laughs> but since wisdom ultimately lets us down, what do we do? Is there an alternative? Since wisdom does let us down ultimately, as good as it is, as much as it helps, since it ultimately will fail us, since it ultimately lets us down, what do we do? Do we just say, you know what, burn the books. I don't quit my job. None of, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to be a fool. I'm going to just do whatever I want. That's not the answer. Sorry if you're a student and you want to burn your books. <clears throat> Here's what he says. Here's the next section. He says, and I commend joy, for man has nothing better under the sun but to eat and drink and be joyful, for this will go with him in his toil through the days of his life that God has given him under the sun. When I applied my heart to know wisdom and to see the business that's done on earth, how neither day nor night do one's eyes sleep, then I saw the work of God, that man cannot find out the work that is done under the sun. However much man may toil in seeking, he will not find it out. Even though a wise man 
claims to know he cannot find it out. Since wisdom ultimately lets us down, what do we do? And, and he gives us two things. The first is this. He says, rest. Chill out. Go eat and drink and have some fun. Rest. And, and you know, he's, he's talked about this several times throughout the book, that this is kind of the answer to a lot of the complexity and difficulty and complaints that we have in life. He says, look, I want you to be wise. I want you to grow in your understanding. It will be good for you, but you know what? It won't ultimately protect you, ultimately satisfy you. And so what do you do then since life is confusing? What do you do since sometimes the things that you do that are supposed to work don't work? What do you do? You can just freak out and stress out and and think, well, I just got to learn more, do more, try more, or you can chill and just say, you know what? Okay, life's out of my control. Life's confusing. Life's complicated. He says, here's what I commend to you, he says. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to eat and drink, relax, and have some joy. This is freeing. You know know what this means? We don't have to figure it all out. That if, if you are feeling in life, if I can just figure out a little bit of how life works more in whatever area it is, Success, parenting, marriage, happiness, emotions, whatever it is. If if I can just figure it out a little bit more, and you feel that tension, and you feel that stress, he says, look, relax. You're not going to ever figure it all out. Fulfillment and satisfaction is not on the other side of wisdom. You can relax. You can eat. You can have joy. Sometimes for Christians, we even have this picture sometimes in our mind that God is maybe standing there with a stack of books or a stack of blogs and saying, just read this and you'll be good. If you can just figure this out, then it'll be good. It can be overwhelming. It can, it can feel like, man, I'm just never going to get there. And instead, he says this, rest. It's okay. You're limited. And that's okay. So you can just breathe. You can relax. And you can eat Cheetos, you know, or whatever it is that you like. My wife really likes Cheetos, so, you know, that's, that's for her. <clears throat> Cheetos is like the only food it's okay to lick your fingers after, you know. Nobody, you know, you don't ever see someone eating a carrot, and then they're like, mmm, licking their fingers. <laughs> but, but Cheetos, it's okay to do that. They're designed to do that. So he says, rest. He says, chill out. You don't have to feel, once I get to this place, then life will be okay. Once I learn this or understand this, then it'll be okay. He says, no, you can chill. Even though it's complex, you can relax. That's the first thing he says. And then the second thing he says is this, that we need to admit, that we need to just be honest, that we're not as wise as we think we are. We need to admit that, and I mean, Solomon is great. He's a great example for this because he says, look, I sought it out. I searched out. I explored everything. I looked at everything that's done under the sun. And I love, he says, even if a wise person tells you they have it figured out, they don't. I love that. Because he says, look, no matter, here's what, we have to rest. I commend to you joy. I commend to you drinking and eating and relaxing. And I also commend this. Admit your limitations. Admit your weakness. See, we think that a wiser me, a wiser me will bring the fulfillment, the, pr- 
protection in life that I want. But he says, you don't have to be the wise one. You don't have to be the wise one. He even says, look, God is the one that's actually doing things and we can't understand. You don't have to be the one in control. You don't have to be the one that has it figured out. You don't have to be the one that is wise. We often think, if I am wiser, if, I, if there's a wiser version of me, life will be okay. He says, you actually don't have to be the wise one. There's one that's wiser than us. There's one that is more in control than us. And we get to the New Testament. I love what it says about Jesus because it really funnels us in and says Jesus is where we see this most clearly in God. Here, here's, what, here's what Colossians says. Here's what Paul says about God as he writes to the church in Colossae. He says, I want you to know how great a struggle I have. He's just talking to his church. And he says, I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea, a city, and for all who have not seen me face to face. He says, I've got this great struggle for you. There's something I want for you. There's something I know you need in your life. And here's what he says, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Here's, here's my struggle for you. Here's what I want for you. I want you to be able to know Christ, who in Him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You know what this is saying? This is what it's saying. It's exactly what Solomon is telling us. We are not wise. That doesn't mean we can't, it doesn't mean we're all stupid. I'm not saying it, but we are not ultimately wise. And if we think that what will most bring to us the fulfillment in life that we long for, the protection in life that we long for, if we think, man, that will happen as I can grow in understanding and wisdom, that life will be protected and life will be safe and life will be secure, I can have wisdom, that I'll be able to control life the way I want it to go if I have wisdom, that people will appreciate me and value me if I have wisdom, that life will be comfortable and, and pleasant if I have wisdom, that, that I will feel okay about myself if I have wisdom. He says, you know what? That's true. That's actually true, that wisdom does offer all that. But wisdom is not found in a subject. It's not found in study. Wisdom is found in a person. See, everything that we long for out of wisdom, that protection and that fulfillment and that safety and that comfort and that control, everything we long for in wisdom, Paul says that's true. There's riches of wisdom there's treasures of wisdom that are available. But it's not found in you making yourself wise. It's found in you worshiping the one that is wise, who is Jesus. So what does that mean? Well, Solomon tells us here. So here's what it means. First is we can rest then. We can enjoy life since we don't have to be the one that has it all figured out. And we can also admit our limitation and come to Jesus and say, you're the true one that's wise. Everything I long for in wisdom is actually found in you. The fulfillment I long for in wisdom is found in you. The protection I long for in wisdom, the control I long for in wisdom, the sense of feeling okay since I have wisdom, that's found in you. 
instead of going to wisdom, instead of going to us being the one that's wise, we can humbly come before the one that is the personification of wisdom. The person that became wise and came to us. This is what Paul tells us. This is what Solomon points us to. You know what this does? If we, if we take this into our hearts, you know what this does? If we believe this, you know what this does? If we, instead of seeking after wisdom to bring fulfillment, come to him, you know what it does? It creates humility in us. It creates a community that's humble towards one another because we know we don't have it all figured out. It, it, it creates a restful community that isn't always striving after, if I can just figure it out, I'll be okay. And it creates a community that, that is able to know and grow in wisdom and yet not be obsessed with it. To still go, wisdom is valuable, it's helpful, it's just not God. In fact, God is the one that is only wise, so I can, I can worship the wise one instead of having to be the wise one. And when we take communion, here's what we remember. We remember that Jesus came to this earth to us that have been fools, to us that have pursued other gods and made them uh, into our source of life, things like wisdom. He's, he's come to us that have lived life foolishly. He's come to us that don't have life figured out. He's come to us, and he goes to the cross, and on the cross, Jesus pays for our sin and our foolishness and our ignorance and our folly and our, and our self-seeking salvation apart from him. He, he dies to pay for that sin and to give us his righteousness, and to cleanse us, and to give us himself. To say, I will give you what you're looking for in every other place. I'll give you me. And he brings us into his family. He says, you don't have to be the wise one, but I will be the wise one for you, and make you mine. And so when we take communion, we remember these things. Jesus' body broken for us, his blood shed for us. And so if you're, if you're a Christian, when we take this, remember that truth. Celebrate that fact. And then we'll respond in just a minute in songs and prayer. And, um, and that's it. That's the only things we'll respond in. So there you go. <laughs> you can respond in whatever other way you want to, but you can eat and drink and, and celebrate too. So all right, let me pray. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you that you have, that you have come to us that you know that we are wayward, that you know that we are ignorant, that you know that we don't have it all figured out, that you know, God, you even see into our hearts of how much we strive to figure out life, thinking a better us is what we most need instead of turning to you. God, thank you for your grace to us. Thank you that in you, Jesus, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge that you are the one that has the fulfillment and the peace and the control that we long for. Instead of us having to find wisdom, Jesus, you found us. So let us, as we sing and pray and take communion, worship you in these things, drive these truths even deeper into our hearts. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.